0: You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 216 with Phil Singleton. And we're talking about establishing yourself as an authority. What does that mean, and why is it so important?
1: Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael.
0: What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community where we are having just amazing conversations with abundant leaders all over the world who are paying it forward somehow in their community and in some cases, The world. We always bring up that kick-in-the-gut moment because, let's face it, every one of us who are doing anything in the world, anything in our community, we all have those kick-in-the-gut moments. It's what you do with those kick-in-the-gut moments that make all the difference. And listen, as usual, I want to afford you the opportunity to be abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing some good information with others. You can start right here by sharing Men of Abundance with people in your community. Share Men of Abundance with everyone you come in contact with. Yes, even the ladies. About 40-45% of the listeners of Men of Abundance, as far as I can tell, are women as well. And they contact me. They are enjoying the conversation as well. And they are introducing it to men in their lives. So do the same thing. Share Men of Abundance. And I'm telling you, you are going to be thanked by the people that you share this with because these conversations, just one of these conversations might resonate with somebody and completely change their thought process and could even change their life much like it has yours. So you can either go on whatever podcast player you're listening to this on and click on the share button, share it on your social media, share it in a text message, share it in an email or share menofabundance.com in all of those same places. It is greatly appreciated by me and it will be greatly appreciated by everybody you share this with. Also, don't forget to click on that review button on menofabundance.com underneath the podcast player so that you can leave an amazing review on iTunes which helps us get ranked in the search engines when people are searching for any of the types of conversations that we're having here on Men of Abundance. Again, I greatly appreciate you for that. It only takes a few minutes, but it certainly makes a huge impact. So today we're talking about establishing yourself as an authority. And establishing yourself as an authority in your field is vital in today's very competitive world. Presenting yourself as an authority is important in relationships, work, business, and even in school. If you want to be taken seriously, you must show you have authority in your chosen field and craft. And today, Phil Singleton and I share a few ideas how you can do just that. So our featured guest today, Phil Singleton, is a web designer and SEO expert and award-winning author. Since 2005, Phil has owned and operated a digital agency based in Kansas City. In 2016, Phil and John of Duct Tape Marketing co-wrote SEO for Growth, the ultimate guide for marketers, web designers, and entrepreneurs. SEO for Growth is an Amazon bestseller and has been listed as the top marketing book by Mashable, Oracle, and Huffington Post. It has also been featured on MSNBC, Entrepreneur, and Search Engine Journal, and was named as the number one SEO book on its list of essential SEO books for every startup to read. Phil is also the author of the popular WordPress SEO plugin that has been downloaded over 100,000 times in the last year. Phil's latest venture, Podcast Bookers, is a service that helps marketers and executives get booked on established podcasts as a way to develop authority, personal branding, improve SEO, and most importantly, generate new leads and sales. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Phil Singleton. Phil, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How you doing?
1: Well, hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure. Where are you at in the world?
1: I'm in Kansas City, man. Heart of the country.
0: Kansas City. You know, I have not been to Kansas City yet. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, as we were talking pre-show, I, you know, I moved from Hawaii to uh Florida part of the reason is just because we really want to travel a lot more and doing laps around the island gets kind of old after you know a couple of years of let alone 10. Yes. <laughs> so we'll definitely be making it out that way uh, before too long over the next couple uh, years for sure. Awesome. Before we get too much into our conversation i like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for
1: today? I'm just really grateful um, that I have a job that enables me to spend as much time as I can with my twin boys. Um, it's just one of those things that uh, I think I'm thankful for all the time and especially grateful for right now, because we're kind of in the middle of a summer and uh, holiday uh, right now.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful, man. I'm here and I, I've, I've wanted that for so many years and, you know, to be, I was be home for one, um, but then be working from home. And now You know it's just the most amazing thing for the last couple weeks i've been here working in my own home office my son's here you know he come and peek in the window if he sees me on the mic he generally won't come in but sometimes he does he wants to get on the mic and i and i let him it's cool i just dig it man i love being in that situation so um what do you do specifically that allows you to spend that much time with your twins
1: well i have um you know basically i'm a marketer i'm the last guy that you think would end up um you know, making a living on computers. I actually got a D in computer science in school. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I just kind of found later in life as a second career, that probably should have been my first career, that uh, helping small businesses was, I guess, my calling. So being able to have, um, you know, a biz where we can create, essentially just create websites for people that, you know, they can turn into marketing platforms and generate leads and grow their business. That's kind of what um, what it boils down to, what we do. Um, and it's nice because it's one of these things where, You know, we do have full-time employees, W-2 employees that help us work. We also have remote workers, but it's just one of those deals. I hate to call it a lifestyle job because I actually do have physical office space, but it's still one of those things where, um, you know, I can put in some time. Like I did this morning. I was at home with the kids this morning. Came to the office uh, now for some peace and quiet, and I'm able to work. I'm gonna go back and do some fishing in the afternoon, you know, and go back with them. And that's just um, that's uh, that's how it works out for me. And I think it's just being in this type of a job where you can kind of work when you're productive is um it's nice and it's not it's small business right it's not like we're in a corporate atmosphere where it's like there's people are you're punching the clock or expected to be you know at your desk at certain hours um i think when you start to work in this world where you're where you're working in kind of that small business zone you're enabled you're able to kind of work when you're productive and then take advantage of that time personally when you can
0: yeah, that is just amazing. I I literally just had a conversation. I was at a networking event earlier this morning, a networking breakfast really. It was a breakfast network. And uh trying to get in, you know, trying to get networked here in Florida since I'm brand new and these guys, man, they're just so amazing and a couple of them were former corporate big time corporate guys and now they're just like one of them got married at 49 and he had his first child at 50 and he's got two kids now wow. and he's just yeah So I say wow and and it's just so beautiful to, to he says he's healthier than ever you know he's able to hang out with his kids and I absolutely love that so how did you get into the line of work that you're doing and you know um because I don't know when I was in high school that's when computers were really getting Kind of popular. I messed around with Cobalt and Pascal, and you know, coding and stuff like that. You had to code everything to do anything on a computer back then, and I loved it. I don't know what my grade was, but over the years, things have just gotten so much easier. But it's funny how you said that you had like a D in computer science or whatnot, but here you are working with computers. How does that all happen?
1: Well, you know, I went to school actually in the Northeast. We were talking before the show. You're in Florida now, and actually grew up in Florida. Um, And then from high school, I went up to college up in the Northeast. Um, And I don't know if it's what I thought I wanted to be early on or I got that way because it's a lot of folks I went to college wanted to do. But everybody kind of wanted a job in finance on Wall Street, right? And I was right up there actually in Connecticut, the southern part, right outside of New York City. So it just kind of seemed like the thing to want to do. So i always thought of myself, I, I went to school for business and finance and, you know, just didn't really get into computers. At the same time for me, I mean, this is like, um, this is uh, what, early 90s, <laughs> dating myself a little bit, but computers were definitely kind of part of the thing we had had in school, definitely had it in uh, in high school and also in college. But uh, yeah, I, got, I rolled out of college into a job with an insurance company, and um, man, long story short, I'm sure we're going to cover some of these questions and, and some of your other uh, questions later. But um, you know, I ended up getting this job out of school where I was basically miserable <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in insurance, right? And um, after about the third year there, and I got to get, take it back a second. When I got out of school, I thought I was going to be in, in kind of the finance and business world. I got a good job out of school where I thought this is great because I was happy to have something that enabled me to be independent and actually, you know, right out of the, basically walk, walk off the graduation carpet and have a job. So, that part of it, I was really grateful that I could establish some independence. But you know, three and a half, four years into this first job that I have, I was all of a sudden stuck in a cubicle, really felt like um, I had this kind of soul-crushing job that wasn't my destiny, looking around at beige floor, beige office, I think I had beige pants on, um, looking at guys that had been there for like 20, 30 years. I was like, oh my gosh, this is not me. But I actually felt like you know, people don't realize when you get that first job out of school how Consciously or subconsciously, it can I think affect the your path almost because you start developing some skills and things like that, um, and that's kind of how I felt. And anyway, long story short, on that is I, I just really felt like I needed to make a big change. And I know this gets to your pivot um, question that you typically have, um, but I ended up like packing my bags over a, a two week period, quit my job, and uh, moved to Asia. And I ended up living there for like ten years, um, altogether. But it really did change my look on life. Maybe more adventurous helped me build up some confidence. Um, but it also happened to be at this la- at the end of that ten year stint that I did in Asia. Um, well, long story short, a software company basically ended up falling in my lap in like the early, late '90s, early 2000s, and that's when I learned about the power of Google and the internet, how things were, you know, you know people were buying and selling things online. And um, at that moment then, I was like, wow, okay, I see how powerful Google was. And I started to figure out how it was working early on when it was still kind of like DIY. We didn't have Moz and stuff back in the early two thousand I mean, we didn't have a lot of internet places where you could like self-study your way into SEO and that kind of stuff. Um, so a lot of it was just learning on the fly. So that happened then, and then we ended up selling this company and I moved back to the States in 2005. And I just did like this um, barter deal for a guy um, an auto dealership actually and I took. I told him I was going to build them a website it's pretty funny because still up until that point even though I had this software company fall on my lap I didn't have any graphic skills I wasn't a coder, I wasn't a web designer couldn't really do much online I knew how powerful Google was though and I said hey you know what auto detailer um, how about I build you a website and again, in the back of my mind I'm like I don't know if I can keep this promise but I figured hey you know what if I couldn't build this guy a website that I'd go in my pocket and hire someone else to do it but I ended up having this, um, building this website for a guy who was uh, an auto detailer on Barter, and it was a painful you know, two- or three-week period where I was like I couldn't do it in Dreamweaver. I was self-studying myself. I didn't know how to try to do it in Dreamweaver. Eventually, I figured out how to do an ugly little one-page website in Microsoft front page, um, and lo and behold… I was able to, through a lot of you know, self-study and, and pain over a couple-week period, I was actually able to get a web page up on a website. It was the ugliest little, like purple on yellow website you've ever seen. Um, but um, 60 days later, you know, I applied what little SEO I knew at the time, and the guy started to rank. He calls me up and he's like, "Phil, I don't know what you've done. You've changed my business and you've changed my life." as that moment that I basically became a web designer (laughs) all the way back from a D in computer science, not really liking computer, learning about all this whole way going through this wild ride through Asia you know, figuring out, hey, I might be able to do some SEO for this guy. All of a sudden, that one Microsoft front page website is rolled into like a you know thriving digital agent agency for me, and that, that's kind of how I got here today. And that's probably a lot more of a longer explanation that you wanted, but to give you some context, I'm like, you know, that was I was 35 years old when I did my first website, right? So t- talk about a total um, change of pace. But uh, at some point, I guess you end up finding out what your calling is, and that that's how it happened for me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Actually, I dig that you brought that up because and and right there at the end where you just really don't know what's going to happen and when. And that's what I tell the guys all the time: try something new. Because I remember back in the day, I've I've designed some pretty damn ugly websites in my day too. Back when you know it was HTML, and that's all you had to work with, and it was crazy. And then I forget the program you had to hit uh save or whatever and then it would make this crazy sound and then boom you got it up on the on the interwebs (laughs) and stuff and you know what i'm talking about right yeah i I can't remember the name of the software and it's just crazy how far we've come with all that stuff and now you've got stuff like squarespace and you know you got click funnels out there and all kinds of crazy things that are just almost plug and play but even with that stuff you still need somebody that really knows how to maneuver through that that and make, get it done quickly and get it done right. And the part where I come in at with my marketing side is what do you say on the site? What 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 verbiage do you use you know, as far as copywriting and your tagline and all that kind of stuff? You started getting into that kick in the gut moment a little bit, and I want to get into that a little bit more. But before we do, how would you describe yourself? <laughs>
1: You know, um, well, if I'm going to bring out some of the, 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 positives, I guess I'd say that I'm honest and sincere. Um, I consider myself hardworking. I'm definitely an introvert. You know, I don't mean that by, um, some people are just wired to be introverts. It's not like I, it's just, just you know, talking to people, doing presentations, getting out there it drains me. It's the way I'm physically wired. There's nothing I can really do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's good for people to know that because some people go out there and if you're an extrovert, I mean, the way I look at extroverts, they go out and they, talk and they do stuff in front of people actually energizes them. Whereas those of us who are true introverts, I mean, we got to go take a nap after we meet with people, you know what I mean? And that's, um, that's definitely kind of, I think who I am and what really what drew me to like my SEO in the beginning, because, um, I could work with people and do stuff in the back. Without ever having to interact, and so you could move the needle for folks, and not have and that's obviously a lot's changed now. And Google, mm-hmm. like you know, wants you to become an authority. So now I'm like writing books, I'm on podcasts, I'm doing presentations and workshops, and I'm in front of you all the time. So um, thank Google for that. But uh, but yeah, I'm definitely introverted. Um, you know, it's a little harder for me uh, if I'm gonna you know look at myself from the outside. If you're talking about um, weaknesses, possibly. Probably not the best one to keep maintain friendships over time. I think a lot of folks, um, yeah, I'm just not as close as I should or are. Some people are with their high school friends and college friends and things like that. I think I really kind of maybe that's part of the introverted nature of me where I kind of come back and it's really, you know, if I've got free time and stuff, I'm spending time with my family. That, I don't, maybe that's even a little bit selfish to some degree, but, um, but again, that's kind of how I'm wired. And I like to think that, um, you know, the most important thing to me in business is really having great customer service and treating people with kindness and I think that's something that um, that I would just pride myself on to some extent where it always sucks to lose clients but you hate to lose or have somebody feel like they've had a bad experience with you or your company because they've been mistreated that's the one thing I think all of us should like be able to bat a thousand for all the time and unfortunately we don't. Um, but I think that's something I'm really strong. I'm not going to say that we hit a home run every single time. Um, we fail a lot, but we really, the thing that's most important to me is that people, you know, leave us with a positive experience even when we fail. Um, and that I think knowing that part of how important that is to me would help people understand what kind of person I am.
0: Yeah, that's, that's important uh, when it comes to business. And that's one of the things I try to get people to understand is you hit the nail on the head. You're just not going to hit a home run every single time. And sometimes the relationship is forced and you just can't make it work. And I've found that the best thing to do for some of those customers like that is to just cut ties, but refer them to somebody who you think they would resonate with better. Uh, or try to get them somebody, you know, try to still get them served in one way or another. And I think you really do end up leaving on a great, and you can still get amazing reviews from people like that as well. Even though you couldn't serve them properly, um, you referred them to somebody who could, and that's ultimately what they wanted, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's very cool, and that's very, it's rare that you hear people bring that up. So that just speaks on who you are as a business person and uh, as a person in general that you want to serve people and serve them right but it, you know if you try to serve everybody you end up serving nobody right
1: exactly <laughs> you can't let people walk all over you either so you got to find right
0: yeah yeah absolutely not i've 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 straight up fired clients before i just have no desire to work with it, generally i try to vet them a little bit better but it's rare once in a while you just end up getting that person that you just can't work with and you just got to let them go exactly yeah. So we're at that point with the uh, kick in the gut moment, man. And some people cringe at this point. But the reason why I bring this up is because I want people to understand. I want guys to understand that we, while we're all not all the same and not all of our kick, in the g- moments, our kick in the gut moments are the same, we all have them. It's what you do with that kick in the gut moment that kind of defines us. And in some t- cases changes the whole trajectory of our lives. So if you would share that kick in the gut moment with us and really make us feel that.
1: Well, I mean, I'll share something, too, that's that's um, relatively recent that I'm still, I think, dealing with. And that is, um, you know, another you know, potential weakness of me is I think I'm a good tactician. Um, a lot of the stuff that we do in, in my agency, I'm actually doing the strategy and actually in some cases having, you know, execute the tactics and stuff like that. Um, maybe not the best guy that's a good people manager and growing teams and kind of sit in the backpack type of thing. Um, so the classic like E myth type problem is something I've struggled with for for some time. But what's been really hard for me is trying to hire and especially fire people. Um, and that maybe I'm an interpersonal thing, but something that's happened to me really relatively recently was and this gets back to that customer service piece where uh, total failure on my part. Where um, yeah, I hired somebody who great, uh, hard working person very, um, technically skilled and quite personal, you know, friendly, I think, um, charming to some extent, you know, I found out along the line that in some of the cases, um, the clients felt like they were being mistreated by this person. So, um, and I knew a couple times that was happening and I was like, tried to address it every single time. And because um, I'm not somebody that would just like let somebody go either because when you get somebody in, it's almost like they become part of the family. And then you want to I'm maybe that's another fault where I'm trying to give people as many chances as they can to kind of, you know, come into the fold and correct it and not just kind of saying, hey, you made a mistake a couple times here, you know, see a type of a thing. But um, it was really hard to kind of try and figure out a way to let this person go. But it was also even harder to find out that way more people felt mistreated by this person after they left. Um, than before and I just it just really really hit me in the I mean that was literally like somebody kicking me in the gut to the point where I never really lose sleep on anything related to business I lost sleep on this um, almost kind of you know brought me to tears to some extent You hear some of your clients you've had for years feel like and some of them it was interesting because some of them were like um, some of them told me right off the bat during it and I addressed it while this person was here but a few of them and I couldn't even believe this a few of them after I told them this person was gone, came and said, oh, we really did not care for that person. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me this? And they were so, it turns out that they were so valued, the relationship I had with them so much that they were afraid to tell me that they didn't like this person or the way they were being treated, which really stunned me. Um, So to know that this stuff was going on, major, major kick in the gut. So um, I think I really, at this point, have rethought about how important really people talk about culture and having somebody that fits in. Um, it's really hit me on, hit on yeah, really taking it to heart that you really do need, or I need to do a better job at hiring people that kind of fit that, you know, hardworking and kindness and customer service model. Cause most of the technical things that we need help with, you know, can be taught. Um, but the way that people treat other people, I mean, that's at the end of the day, I mean, everything that we do in life is like you're dealing with another person, right? It just doesn't it, – it's the, the, the service or the product that you're giving them um, is still coming through the hands or the voice of a person. So it's really gotten to that point of me where I just like I really got to take this more seriously and, and understand that that's kind of the way you bring people into the organization and, and always keep that kind of front and foremost. But um, man, did that hurt. I mean literally like emotionally hurt me to have that something like that happen.
0: Yeah, I can definitely feel that, and I can see that. I've seen that so many times throughout the workplace. But one, you know, ultimately, I agree with you. Your team should have said up front how they felt about it, and that was that was a personally, I would personally take that personal that they were not, they felt they were not able to come to me about something like that um, that was really affecting the team so much. Uh, Yeah, just hiring is extremely, extremely important. The technical skills can be taught. The technical skills, you know, numbers and data and stuff can be looked up. It's people skills. It's so important, even for our techie guys.
1: And the people that you have that have face time with your clients I think are really, really important. I think at at my scale, when you're talking about five, six, seven employees, I mean, man, every hire feels like a major, major decision. It's not like I got 70 employees. And one or two, you almost kind of have to play the numbers a little bit and have a really good system down in terms of the type of people that you're targeting. But when you're small, I mean, a, 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 you know, you're a 2 per three-person three team. Hiring that fifth person is a big deal, and missing yeah. is a huge deal too. And if they've got FaceTime with your client, man, you just don't realize how, how much that can um, have an effect on the whole business. So um, lessons learned there for sure.
0: Absolutely, A great book to read on this subject is uh, Creating Magic by Lee Cockerell, one of my former guests, uh, one of my past guests. He's the uh, former uh, executive vice president of operations of Disney World Resorts, or was anyways, Mm. for 10 years. And he wrote a book called Creating Magic. Great, just an excellent book um, in reference to he talks about hiring, and and we had this conversation. And, uh, you know, the term, a lot of people use the term you may have heard hire quick hire slow fire fast mm. and he's like well yeah that's kind of i get the point but the thing is you if you hire somebody like you said that's a big deal and it costs a lot of money there's a lot of time invested but at the same time you don't want to fire fast you want to make sure that you have properly trained the individual and it brought them into your culture and yes. it's hard to bring a new person into a new family you know into an old family right. you know so you really have to let them work themselves up but ultimately Hey, if it ain't working out, you gotta you gotta do what's best for the team and best for them too.
1: Exactly. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I dig that. So, what is so ultimately you let him go, and then what happened with the team after that?
1: Well, the next person that came on board really was just such a spot on, um, like home run that it was just almost like, oh my gosh, why? And it really kind of shed the light on too of, of how like okay I kind of see what I should really be focusing on. I hit a real home run on this one because the work ethic, the kindness, the customer service were all there in addition to the technical skills, which so just made a huge, huge impact with a single hire for my business. Um, and that's made and that's um it's it's been different and it's really been made this year a lot better. <laughs>
0: Always does, absolutely. So you've already mentioned one good news story, and that was with the first, very first website that you built for the uh, auto detailer, which is. I, I just totally get the excitement in that uh, person that I can feel that. What other good news stories do you have out of what you guys do for the, you know, for humanity in general? For other people's um, business.
1: Well, I think one of the things I like to try and do, um, and I'm really trying to do this more because I've seen if my own. I mentioned I was an introvert and back, and and I was drawn to SEO and and help people on Google because, you know, you could do it without having to interact with humans that much. But then Google changed the game like we're talking about, and all these things that have become more important in terms of, I think, development or just getting out there and differentiating yourself on your website, but even personally, is trying to build up – you know, authority and personal branding and that kind of stuff for yourself. And I actually just really have started to buy into this myself in the last like three years. I actually joined, um, duct tape marketing with this guy, John Jantz who wrote the book duct tape marketing kind of really helped pull me into the broader sense of what holistic marketing versus just kind of those Google, you know, SEO centric things that I concentrate on in the past. Well, doing this personal branding authority has helped me a ton because I've been writing books and all sorts of things. And then once you're able to differentiate yourself, establish yourself as an expert, it's just much easier to get introduced to people, close leads, close sales, something I wish I would have done a lot earlier on. What I've been trying to do to kind of, you know, pay it forward a little bit is really what I wish people would have done when I was younger and and just trying to put people on the path to that right now. Cause I think a lot of folks should be um, working, on their own personal branding and authority through a website and, and doing all this kind of stuff, maybe starting to get on their way to writing a book and that kind of stuff so that they can become experts. Well, we tried to start doing that with some of the folks in the company, right? Saying, okay, let's build you a website and start documenting some of your work on there so whether you stay with us or not, you can at least have something where you can you know, put content and start to accumulate some of your work in a place where you can try to get your own personal branding and authority and then try and do some of the things that have worked for me um, to try and differentiate yourself and get just have people understand that that they should be doing this kind of stuff because it really works and that's kind of like the feel-good thing I think that I've been trying to like put is let's try and if stuff's working for you um, you know try and put some of the people that you work with on that same path so that they can then in turn you know become a more valuable uh, marketer make make themselves more marketable um, to help them fulfill maybe some of the dreams and wishes they might have kind of for their career um, and things they want to do in their life.
0: Right. Now, are you talking about specifically marketers that are, that are you know, are young marketers trying to get into the game or is that business owners as well?
1: I think anybody should really be um, trying to figure out a way to establish themselves as an authority in anything that they're doing. So, yes, mm-hmm. we do the same thing for small business owners, but we sell that as a product. Right. Um, But I think if you're a younger person trying to establish yourself in any type of career that you want to be in, making sure as long as you know that what you're doing right now is your passion, trying to find some way to start establishing yourself as an authority earlier than later, I think will only help you maybe achieve um, maybe some of your professional and career and financial growth earlier on. I don't think people really realize how that's important. Even small business owners. I mean, they don't you know, we've done some things in our business where we take like landscapers or even home services folks and turn them into authors and podcast hosts and all sorts of things where they're they're just doing things differently than their competitors are and they're really trying to establish themselves, you know, as a leader, the educational leader kind of in their niche. Well, I think everybody can be that whether you want to get a better job later or you know, go off and do something on your own. If you can if you can kind of stack that deck in your resume you know kind of offline and build up your own personal re- uh uh web presence you know, with that kind of expertise it just enables you to to kind of achieve some of those goals easier and faster later in life and i think a lot of that's done just by documenting things maybe on a website on a wordpress website or understanding the importance of it and kind of showing people you know, how that can be done
0: yeah yeah i 100 percent agree and it's you know regardless of where you want to go there's so many amazing stories about where that has paid off big time. I could name multiple at this point. But one more close to home, actually, my son, my 18-year-old, he's been reviewing uh, video games, and he live streams while he's reviewing video games. He's been reviewing this one uh, motorcycle game that he got for free. And the developer, the guy who actually created the game, was logged in and watching him play the game and instant messaged him. And said, dude, you know, I'm going to send you the the new game that I have coming out and blah, blah, blah. And he connected with him and shared him on his Twitter feed and and all kinds of cool stuff. So he's getting – he just came, dad, dad, I had, you know, so many – you know, live people on the you know on the uh, live stream live at the time and uh, max of this and and the game developer contacted me. I was like, "That's awesome, man!"
1: That's so, that's yeah. just yeah.
0: And I verified it, of course. I went and looked the guy up, and it one hundred percent so the legit. Yeah, that. yeah, you know, because there's so much junk out there. But sure. yeah, the guy shared him on his Twitter feed with thousands of followers and all kinds of stuff. Really cool. I was happy for him.
1: Well, I was talking to a guy um, a couple. I was on his podcast. I think his name is Mark Guberti. Um, the guy's in college right now and he's written, I don't know how many books. He's got his own podcast and stuff, made his own website. But you think about the people that roll out of school, out of college, that can go and even if they want to get like a good job out of school, if you go, if you can go to a, um, a place and apply and show people, hey, look, I've got my own website where I've done my own blogging and kind of learned that skill. Um, I've been on podcasts. Maybe I've written an ebook or something. I mean, that kind of resume if you present that to just about anybody and show yourself that you can kind of create content and distribute it on these channels and you've started to kind of try to establish yourself, I mean those don't, it's not, it's almost becomes kind of like a just, the digital marketing ends up almost kind of being a, I think a a general skill that applies to just about any business out there because you know, plumbers need help in their business on digital media as well as financial folks and people in men. It's just, it's one of those things where it's almost becoming like a life skill, right? To be able to be, have some level of fluency um, with some of this digital stuff, and to the, to the extent that you can actually do some of it yourself earlier in life, I think opens you up to more opportunities, whether or not you want to be hired by an existing company or maybe even start your own business. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, and think about it. Uh, even years ago, even when I had a new boss coming to the shop, I looked him up. I googled his name. I found him on LinkedIn. I've, I found out what he was what he's been up to. What you know? Does he have a Facebook and so on and so forth? And when when you're when your potential employer see something like that and they google and they find all of this content that you've been interviewed on you've written or you know any sort of content that you've you're responsible for i mean that's just got to play favorably in your you know um to you right
1: exactly so i think helping folks like i said even in in, um like i said we try to hire a outbound sales last year and the first thing i told this lady is we're gonna we're gonna get you set up with your own website and I'm gonna show you how to set it up, we're gonna show you how to set a blog up and we're gonna get you comfortable with this process so even if you end up leaving us, which you did, um, she can take that with her and then use that as a place to kind of um, help her maybe advance other things that she wants to do later in life. So I think that that's the kind of stuff that everybody should be doing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome that you do that for people. So brother, we're at the point where we're gonna pay it forward. You ready to do that, Phil? Yes. Excellent. Hey guys, I want to share with you my first book, No BS Business Breakthrough, How to Double Your Lead Conversions and Triple Your Revenue in Less Than 45 Minutes. This is basically the presentation that I give to a business owner when I'm first sitting down with them, getting to know them and letting them get to know me and know a little bit about my program and how I can show them how to unlock $10,000 and more in their business in just 45 minutes. And I assure you, This is child's play, this is very easy to do. This book is primarily for business owners. However, I wanna point out to you that all of the proceeds of this book are going to the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation founded by Lieutenant Colonel Retired John J. McDaniel. This program is so amazing. It's specifically for Purple Heart recipients and what John does is he sets up hunting and fishing excursions all over the United States And so far, I believe Alaska and Mexico, where they have done these excursions, these hunting and fishing trips, I mean, just elaborate hunting and fishing trips, all expenses paid for these Purple Heart recipients, breathing life back into their world and giving them a sense of purpose is more than just going out and hunting. They're sharing amazing life lessons with these men and women. Look, I just can't say enough about this program. I can't even express it as well as they can. So go to NoBSBusinessBreakthrough.com. The link is going to be in the show notes if you can't write it down right now, but NoBSBusinessBreakthrough.com. Check out the book. When you buy the book, all the proceeds are going to go to Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation. And I've also included the link on that page for the uh, WWIF.org so that you can go there and check them out yourselves. Watch the video on the homepage. It's going to blow your mind. And listen, if you're not a business owner, chances are you know a business owner. So buy a couple of the books. Let the proceeds go to Wounded Warriors in Action and give the book away as a gift to a couple of business owners that you know. They will greatly thank you for it because the content in this book is spectacular. It will help them in their business. I personally greatly appreciate the purchase and Wounded Warriors in Action appreciate your purchase and if you gift the book to a business owner that you know, I know for a fact they will thank you for it. Now let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that Men of Abundance can take today.
1: Well, I think you know, it's easiest for me, I think, to come back and bring it back to business. And if you want me to try and say something else personal outside of business, then um, then Wherever let me you're know. Comfortable.
0: Wherever you're comfortable. brother.
1: I think for me, you know, and it all kind of plays hand in hand because I'm always looking for some type of a hack or something that enables me to get make more money or save more time out of um less steps or less time so that I can use that to maybe spend more time with my family or traveling or doing things that I want to do. Right. So, um, one tip for me that's worked for me personally. And again, that's we've actually kind of spread this out in the products for the clients is trying to, okay, say we all know we need to have a website, hopefully. Um, and, um, most folks that, you know, we talk to, and again, this gets into some problems I think with marketing today is a lot of people treat their website kind of as a static, digital brochure and not as a place to like nurture and build content on well for the folks that understand that a website's a marketing platform not a digital brochure what i try and um, we try and encourage is that you invest in that website usually through any form of content you can like even podcast you know or whatnot but really i think one of the um most important ones is is uh, blogging because that's really the cornerstone i think of inbound marketing today so One of the things we want to do in terms of an action is, okay, if you buy into the fact that your website is an investment and is an inbound platform for you to get leads and grow your business, then you want to be blogging on a regular basis. Um, But the thing is, is we want to always try and do blogging in terms of like maybe a series of 10 or 15 posts Um, because what can happen is if you think about it ahead of time strategically – you can be in almost in terms of like a table of contents or a series. You could be doing these blog posts every week, a standalone blog post, but at the end of maybe 10 or 15 weeks, you could stitch them together and have a nice ebook to put on your website as a call to action, right? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty common thing to do. But then you could also take it a step further, turn that ebook into a um, Kindle and make yourself an author up on Amazon. Now all of a sudden we're getting into that personal branding and authority, and then take that a step further and then use that one book that you published up on Amazon and turn that into a podcast guesting campaign, kind of like I'm doing right now, where you get yourself out there, continue to establish yourself as an authority and um, get all sorts of benefits, like getting natural backlinks and and, um, and that kind of stuff. Uh, but but the step plan is, is that you can't really – you can't really do this if you just start blogging and try and randomly stitch together ten blog posts, right? But if you take a step back and say, "Okay, I'm going to understand what my keywords are, um, understand what kind of content should go onto my website, and come up with like an actual plan like this, where you put it into steps," you can actually get many more benefits off of it by not doing a whole lot of extra work. So that's my one takeaway today: is look at your website with open eyes. Understand that it's a public, a content marketing platform and a publishing platform if you really want to grow your business and then start putting into a plan, a blogging strategy that where you can kind of take a step back and make sure that you do so in a way that you can turn that into a book, become an author and maybe even take that next step of getting yourself booked on other people's podcasts so you can kind of get, um, you know, spread the word out, start attracting more leads and sales and actually help start helping your SEO.
0: Yeah. Yeah, extremely powerful and all simple stuff to do. Not easy, not always easy, but simple to do because just working uh,
1: in the routine, right? I mean, it's yeah. all about
0: mm-hmm.
1: those little steps, and then at the end, you've actually done quite a bit. So,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. After a good, you know, three, six, twelve months, you got a couple books there. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And a lot of content. So, what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Phil?
1: Um, the biggest thing for me, for the longest time, has just been waking up really early. Um, that used to be like around five these days it's around four o'clock. I don't have an alarm or anything. I just need to wake up like four o'clock and, you know, I've had a full day put in usually by nine o'clock, which again, um, that's why I think we for me personally, I probably got the most energy. Um, then I can kind of break back, do some family, personal stuff. And then when I feel like it, um, I say when I feel like it, but you know, it's one, of, I'm one of these guys, I can't like, you can't box me into nine to five and get the most productive hours out of me. Mm hmm. You get a lot out of me in the early in the morning. I think my mind's going. And then throughout the course of the day, I need to do stuff, break away, do stuff, and break away. Um, And that's just how I do it. I don't know if that would work for most people, but that's just made a huge impact in my life.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, work, take a nap, work, take a nap. (laughs) I I like my leisure time too, man. But I am much more productive in the morning as well. What are you reading or listening to that you would recommend to our men of abundance and why?
1: I... I'm so zeroed in on marketing right now. I mean, if you have any interest in digital or SEO, one of my favorite places to go to is on a daily basis is SE Roundtable, Search Engine Roundtable. And it's one place where the guy that runs that site actually monitors the chatter of um, really a lot of SEO and digital marketers that are kind of watching the rankings. So, you know, Google doesn't tell you. What's going on in terms of them changing their algorithm? So people on the street know what's happening when because the, they're looking at a bunch of different websites every day. Like, oh, my plumbing guy went up today. My painting guy went down. Something must be going on. Um, that's a great place that kind of aggregates the chatter of SEO folks. And uh, since Google won't tell us what's going on, by looking at what people are talking about today in terms of ranking it kind of does give you some insight into the way google's kind of shuffling the deck and that's one thing if you have any interest on in terms of seo that's a great that's a great place to kind of stay know what's happening like right now i should say um that's getting really pretty technical i'm trying to think what else other website that i'd look at that i could recommend that's probably gonna be my hottest one in terms of something really specific to my niche anyway
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And that's a good point that, you know, like, for instance, myself, with all of my websites, as long as I've ever had a website, SEO is one of those things that was always confusing to me, mostly because it changes all the darn time. And I just never wanted to spend a whole lot of time learning SEO to the point and to the level that it was going to make a great impact on my business or on my website in general, which is why I always had somebody else do it for me. (laughs) somebody who's smarter than I am and, and knows more than I do in, in that regard. I even
1: right? think it's sad. It's you really have to have a passion for it and you have yeah. to be paying attention to it every day, really. And if you don't like it, then that's painful. If you like it, then it's not so painful. Right. So yeah,
0: it's like accounting. When I took accounting in college, I learned just enough to know I don't want to be an accountant. <laughs>
1: exactly. I was there with you.
0: <laughs> exactly. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance?
1: Um, I personally think it's something that I think I struggle with when I was younger, and became more mature. I just realized um, life was different than I thought it was, and that is not not letting you know when you feel wronged by somebody, something that holds you back, or is an excuse, and like stew on things. I think when I was younger, I would, if something did, somebody didn't agree with me, or I failed on something, I would literally like stew on it for hours or days to the point where it was like making me less productive. It's like, why, you know, and I've gotten better as I've gotten older, just brushing things off and always wanting to move forward. Um, and I think that's really, if uh, that really set me free, you know, when you can just be able to use those kind of little, um, failures as stepping stones and not things that drag you down, it just changes your life. And it totally changed mine, made me a less anxious, made me more motivated. Um, and I think it, if, you know, if I wish for anything for my kids to know, they can they, they could figure that out earlier in life. Is don't worry too much about you know what people think about. You worry about what you think about yourself, and then always just try and be, you know, find a way to move forward and not looking looking you know too much at failure. Um, as something to hold you back. Because I think a lot of people out there are like, you know, you, as simplified as I've gotten older, simplified the, wor- the world into, you know, are you a victim, or are you a victor, right? It just kinda depends on how you look at your past failures. And um, if you really wanna live a life of abundance, I think you have to, at least me, that's how it worked for me, is that I really don't let setbacks get me down. You can't like totally ignore them, they have to sting enough to prompt you to get better. But they can't sting so hard that it turns into some, a wound that you're just spending your, your time licking it all day long. You know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of what it boils down to for me anyway.
0: Yeah, if only we would learn from those who came before us. But <laughs> when we're young, we just think no, – I, I personally – and I like that you do that. I notice you do that quite a bit. You put it back on you just like I do. Um, I, I just knew I knew everything when I was in my 20s. You couldn't tell me a damn thing that I didn't already know. <laughs> And as I get older, I realize I know nothing. <laughs> so right. I shut up and listen, just like I did this morning at the networking event. Just shut up and listen. Um, but I try to do the same thing with my boys. I try to get them to learn from those lessons that I did. Just, you know, be an example and let them figure it out. Amen. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Phil?
1: Um, I think it's, you know, for me, it's, it's really just trying to um, spend as much Um, quality time with my family that I can. I kind of bring it back yet again personally is like, you know, when I was growing up, I had a, I have a father that was a great provider, um, but he was a classic workaholic and worked all. All I remember is him basically working all the time, right? So, um, for me, and one of the reasons why I've chosen the job and the career that I have is so that I've actually like basically done the opposite you know, my kids were born, I was, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I spent a night away from them for the first six years um, they were born. I went to every doctor's appointment. I've been to every game and that kind of stuff. So literally probably on the flip side where I've probably been there um, so much, maybe even to the point where I think sometimes like, gosh, it is nice to have a little bit separate life from your kids and maybe your family. So you've got a different type of a thing. So it's not so tied down to it. But, but for me, it really means about being you know, a good provider and and making time for your family, you know when it counts, and and spending as much quality time um, that you can, because like I said, I had a great provider. My dad's a great father, a great role model um, professionally, but I did want to make sure that I could spend as much time as possible, and try and you know make sure that I was there. I, I am there um, to. Um, just be the best dad that I can so that they've got the best chance to be the best people they can be and the best, um, you know, make a positive, um, you know, live, grow up in a way that helps them be happy and so that they can also uh, be great contributors to society and live a life as abundance as well. And that's really kind of what it means to me. I don't know. Some people think maybe that sounds strange. I don't know. But for me, really, that's what, what kind of life's all about and makes makes me happy. So if that's a little bit narrow, um I don't know, but that's just that's that's my view of of, uh, of living a life of abundance.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. I absolutely dig it. So we are going to close this up, man. Before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation? And, of course, we are going to have kcwebdesigner.com linked up in the show notes as well as Growth.com. All that will be linked up in the show notes. Any of the links you send me, I'll be more than happy to put them in there. Uh, but what do we not talk about? You want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today.
1: Well, that um, um, this is something, while you might also do a lot, but I mean, I've, I just was woken up to podcasting and pod, and getting podcast guesting really in the last year. And it really has been a huge um impact on my life and my business so so much to the point where I was like gosh I was getting booked on other great podcasts like yours and so many great things were happening that actually started another company called podcastbookers.com um which helps people get booked on podcasts and a lot of folks are, are you know there's they're out there, there's all sorts of booking services some really good ones as well I think ours is a little different in that um I really try and package it in a way that helps people get the maximum amount of seo value out of it because i think a lot of times people get booked on shows maybe just only for access to the audience or that kind of stuff but if you do it strategically it's one of these things where you can also get many more benefits um if you do it so podcastbookers.com is one of my also kind of one of my side hustle um things and it's always got everybody that's out there as an entrepreneur has always got one or two or three like side things going on and, and probably another two or three like bacon in their head right but um Podcast Bookers is something I've been working on for a little while. And, um, yeah, SEO for Growth, you mentioned, is the book that I wrote. And kcwebdesignerman.com, that's where the little website that could. <laughs> it looks a lot better than it did when it first started. But, um, but yeah, that's the one that pays the bills. So thanks for letting me mention those.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I dig it, and it is a great website. I love how it's laid out. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely have that linked up, uh, podcastbookers.com. We'll have that linked up in there, too. I'll just mention it. And the show notes, so guys, you don't have to write any of that down. Just go to menofabundance.com and uh, search for Phil, and this episode will pop right up. Go ahead and check out those websites. Check out Phil and, uh, you know, uh, give him a call or shoot him an email, shoot him a message, see what he can do for you. Phil, it's been an amazing conversation, brother. I truly appreciate it. Go out and live your life of abundance and keep paying it forward.
1: Thanks a ton, Wally. All
0: right. Aloha. All right, guys, so your action step today is to figure out a way to establish authority in your field, whatever that may be. And just a few ideas for you to do that that we've already talked about is you can start your own blog or you can start your own podcast or do something of that nature, but you can also be guest featured on somebody else's blog. You can write an article for somebody else's blog that is related to your field but not in competition, obviously. Some will, some are, are abundant leaders like myself and will allow you to write an article to get a different perspective on their blog, thus establishing yourself as another authority in that field. You can do the same thing for podcasts. In fact getting a hold of Phil and being able to communicate with him and have him, use his service for podcast bookers and many of the other services that are out there, or do-it-yourself. There's many courses out there that you can use to figure out how to get on other people's podcasts to tell your story the way it resonates with that podcast host's audience. And there are so many other ways to establish authority in your field. You can speak at community events and volunteer to share your knowledge that would be helpful to the people in that community. You can start a YouTube channel, which is free and fairly easy to do. Just use your phone. You can do Facebook Lives. You can create a small web page and use the SEO techniques that are outlined in SEO for Growth, Phil's Book. Write an article for a magazine, any of the magazines out there in your field. Write an article and submit it to the editor to get it submitted into the magazine and, and publish it that way. Look, guys, the possibilities are endless these days. There's so many ways to establish yourself as an authority. You just got to get out there and do it. You got to get the work done. You got to pound the pavement, so to speak, and get the work done and let people know who you are and what you do. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay for it.